I want to look today at a particular practice that if we invest our lives in it and, and, and make it a daily habit, can, wherever you are with God, take you a little bit deeper. And it's one of two challenges that I'm going to give you today and next week that I encourage and invite you to put into practice over the season of Lent. Two simple habits that if we instill them in our lives can take you deeper than you are now in your own personal relationship with Jesus. So here's the first challenge, and I'll put all my cards on the table and then we'll talk about it. The first challenge for Lent this year is this, to have or start a daily connecting time with God. Now, let me give you this illustration. One, one of the habits that Anna and I are trying to instill in our life is a daily walk up the hill. We're not very good at it yet, but it's coming slowly. We live at the bottom of the hill, so every day what we're trying to do when, uh, when we get home from work is we go for a walk to the top of the hill and back. It's about half an hour. Um, usually on the way up I talk about my day because she's too puffed, and then on the way down <laughs> she talks about her day. And, and we ask questions and we, and we talk about it, and uh, it's great. And, and, and we're doing this, simple analogy, but, but we're doing this because we want to try and take the time to connect with each other. It's not a ritual, it's not a formula, and, and uh, at the moment especially, we often don't do it or we forget. But it's something we want to try and work on so that we have some time when we're really connecting with each other and getting fit, hopefully, at the same time. This is a parallel to our relationship with God. There are a lot of things about your relationship with God that aren't like human relationships, but there are some things that are. And one of them is that it's going to take quality time because it's a relationship. It is a relationship between two living beings, you and God, very different beings, but it's still a relationship. And like any relationship, it's going to take an investment of your time if that relationship is to be more than just a formality and just a ritual and just something that sits on the shelf and really doesn't have much impact on how you are living in uh, the ebb and flow of your daily life. That's why I call this a connecting time. I know the word that often gets used in Christian circles is quiet time, uh, but there's a bit more to it than being quiet. Uh, it's a good start, but move on from there. And I also don't want to call it a Bible study time because there's a bit more to it than just studying the Bible, although that's a good part of it as well. I call it a connecting time because that is the goal. More than anything else, this is about you taking time each day to connect personally, relationally, with heart and mind to connect with God. So find a time. Now, I know some of you, uh, you know, mums with young kids, people on shift work, you're thinking, I don't know what you're smoking that makes you think I can take 20, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour out of my day. That's impossible. And it's not easy. It, it might mean a little bit of a sacrifice. It might mean that you have to sit down as a family and really talk about a time that's going to work for you. You might have to, between uh, spouses, even with your kids, work out a time. How can uh, maybe mum look after the kids for a while while dad has this time, and then dad looks after the kids while mum has this time? If you're on shift work, maybe work it at a time... Uh, depending on what shifts. So you have a certain time if you're on night shifts and then it's a certain other time if you're on early shifts. and You work it out with your routine. But find a daily time. Commit to a daily time. And here's what I would say, without being legalistic about it, aim for at least 20 minutes. Now I know you say, oh, 20 is such legalistic. How can you put numbers and figures on this thing? Well, I just did. 20 minutes. Um, because the deal is this. Now look, if you're doing 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that, that, that's good and that's fine and it's certainly better than nothing. But in my experience, it takes a bit of time to get in the zone with this thing. You just can't rush it. It's not a quick Bible verse just before bed. This is connecting. It's relationship. Uh, and it does take a bit of time, especially the speed at which many of us live. It's just going to take some time to settle yourself down. 
and really get in that zone of connecting with God. So I would encourage you to aim for the 20-minute mark. And here's a, here's a bonus challenge. If you're already doing 20 or more, up it by five minutes this year. Just five minutes more. If you're doing 30, go to 35. Five minutes more isn't that hard to find. So 20 minutes or more per day, because we're going to talk about some of the things that you can do in that time, and you'll find there's quite a few of them, and it's good to have a bit of space and a bit of time to do that. 20 minutes every day. It doesn't have to be the same time. There's no magic time. If you're a morning person, go in the morning. If you're an evening person, do it in the evening. It doesn't matter. My time is 7 to 7.30 in the morning. That's during the week. Got to try and find another one on Saturdays. 7 to 7.30. And I'm tired and a lot of the time pretty blurry-eyed when I do it. And sometimes I feel absolutely no emotional connection with God at all. But that doesn't mean that I stop doing it. Because that, for me, is a sacred time to connect with God and trust Him with whatever the result of that time is. So have a think about it. And you've got a couple of weeks. Now, of course, you can start doing it straight away. But... We'll sort of kick Lent in, 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 in the 1st of March. So think about that time. Plan for that time. Write it down. Talk to your family about it. Now, once you've got the time, that's a good start. You've got to prepare for this time. A couple of things that you want to have with you if you're going to do this. Have a Bible, for starters. And have a good translation of the Bible. Now, I know, you know, there's no... Well, there probably are bad translations of the Bible, but... Sometimes people think they don't like the Bible when what they actually don't like is their translation of the Bible. There are a very few people in the world that really love and enjoy and find easy to read the King James Version, for example. A lot of other people really struggle with it because of the Old English. And if you've got a translation that has some cumbersome language or it feels like it's limping along in its translation, there are other translations. And sometimes that can be the difference between really enjoying reading the Bible and really finding it a chore. So get a good translation. I'd recommend the NIV, the New International Version. I've got an updated version of the NIV called the TNIV, Today's New International Version. Soon they're bringing out tomorrow's New International Version. And <laughs> on it goes. Uh, it's, it's a good translation. It's solid. It's readable but accurate. Um, there are many translations. And on that issue, if you want more information, just feel free to email me. I would love nothing more than to help any of you that want to get yourselves into a good new Bible, a good translation, whether it's a study Bible or what have you, but it's just a good tool, um, a, a readable translation. So, so get yourself, get your hands on a good translation of the Bible, and then uh, get yourself a journal. And I know some of you manly men, you know, this is like, what, a journal? What are you talking about? But seriously, a journal. Um, what we're talking about with a journal is not a diary. This is a, a book, like an exercise book, in which you can record uh, thoughts, you can record prayers, record scriptures. Sometimes if, if there's a certain scripture that really is meaningful that day, I'll just write it down in my journal. Some days I won't journal anything. In fact, a lot of the time I won't. But it's there and there'll be times when there's significant impressions. Uh, God's teaching me something. He's laying something on my heart. Or just a prayer that I, I want to respond to him and it would help to write it out. Crystallizes thoughts to, to write them down. I would suggest that you take the first few minutes of your connecting time, to do an exercise that uh, some of the ancient church fathers called centering down. Now, this is particularly important in a culture and a society like ours that tends to be very fast-paced. And what happens is you can come at these connecting times uh, like another task to tick off your list. You're going to read some Bible, you're going to pray a quick prayer, I'm going to do this thing, and I worship, hallelujah, and we're done. And it's just another thing in your day that's now off the agenda. And you forget that this is about relationship. You can't rush that. This is about connecting, mentally and emotionally connecting with the living God. 
And so take a few minutes to center down. And that is simply the process of clearing your mind of distractions and slowing. Slowing. Doesn't come very naturally. And at first, it'll feel quite uncomfortable. But just slow yourself down. Breathe slower. And listen to the sound of your own breath for a while. It's a good exercise. When the mind focuses on the senses, it's one of the best ways of ridding yourself of distractions. If distractions come into your mind, and they will, don't worry about it. Sometimes it's helpful to name them. And sometimes I will have my diary sitting right beside me so that if there's something that comes to my mind and I know I've got to do that thing, I've got to call that person, I'll write it down so that I don't have to carry it with me for half an hour in my mind. I can just write it down and I'll come back to that later. So have a a diary or or whatever you need, a task list, so you can deal with those things and just pray at the beginning of that time, Lord, help me to slow, help me to still my heart, help me to be still and to wait on you and let you speak. And just take a couple of minutes. Sometimes have a scripture maybe that's in your mind. Maybe sometimes an image, the cross, or an image of God, an image of Jesus. Just allow that to churn over in your mind for a while as you just center yourself on God, center yourself on Christ, and just remember whose presence it is that you're in. So centering down is a really good way to start. And that alone can take you know, five minutes of your time, which again, so if, if, if your connecting time is only five minutes long, it's all going to go just with that. That's why I say 20 is a good minimum. So go through this process of centering down, and then from there you're into the, the, the guts of the time, the body of the time, and there's a range of different things that you can do in a connecting time, and I encourage you not to develop a particular routine, a particular formula that you do this, then this, then this, then this. Keep it fresh. Sometimes I'll spend the whole time on, on one thing, Sometimes I'll I'll do a a bunch of different things. Sometimes there'll be certain things that I'll do occasionally, and that's good. Keep it fresh. It's relationship. It's connection. Here are a few things that you can do in this time. One is worship. It's a big word, but what it simply means is just praising God, honoring God, giving Him glory and praise for who He is and what He has done. Often I'll sit there with the book of Psalms open right in front of me. Book of Psalms has so much variety in it, so many different moods, so many different emotions that are captured, that there is going to be something that connects with where you are in that moment and gives you words to speak to God. And I'll sometimes just flick through the Psalms, literally. I'll just open, here I am, Psalm 143, 144. Just look for the phrases, look for the words, something, and, and, and just enter into a time of worship. Use the Scriptures to pray to God. Some people worry about prayer because they're not quite sure what to say. They don't have the words. Well, here are the words especially the Psalms, these are words of people like David to God. These are prayers, so use them as prayers. Pray to God, God, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Stop and think about that for a minute. You know the word, sometimes you've seen it in the Psalm, book of Psalms, the word selah. It's a Hebrew word. No one really knows what it means. But there's one guy that reckons he's come pretty close. And he thinks the word selah whenever it appears in the book of Psalms, should simply be translated, shut up. (laughs) Maybe slightly more graciously, pause and think about that. Whenever you see that word crop up, and don't wait for it to crop up, but just after a couple of lines of reading the scriptures, selah, pause, stop, and think about that. And and direct your mind onto God, and what you are doing is is decentering 
from yourself and centering yourself on God and making this about Him. That's why I wouldn't start with a long list of prayer requests and, and woe is me. I would start by thinking about who God is. Worship's a great way to start. Maybe think of a particular attribute of God, His wisdom, His power, His grace, His creativity, His compassion, His presence everywhere. Any of these attributes, just think about it. And, and just start talking to him about it. God, I praise you. I thank you for your wisdom. You are so wise. You know the end from the beginning. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of this maze. But you are at an altitude that you, you just see and you know. And uh, that gives me incredible confidence that you hold my life in your hands and, and, and you're guiding me. And, and, and just whatever words come to me. It doesn't matter if it's out loud or in your head. It doesn't matter if it sounds like complete babble to you. It just, you know, the, the Bible says the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Spirit takes even the desire and the intention of your heart and brings those prayers to the, to, to the throne of the Father, presents them as, as prayers and praise and adoration to God. That's what's happening when you worship God. It's not your feeble words, but the Spirit of God is just gathering all of that up, delivering it to God. So spend some time worshipping God. There'll be days you feel like it, and there'll be days you don't, but worship's good when it's hard. It takes a bit more willpower. Another thing to try is confession. This can be a bit scary. There's a wonderful psalm in the Bible, Psalm 51, that I use a lot because I've got a lot to confess all the time. And I go to Psalm 51 because it's, it's a process of confession. It's David after his sin with Bathsheba, after he's committed adultery and then murder, coming to God and going through a process of confession. And it, it, it's wonderful just to read that psalm and make that my prayer. Confession is keeping a short account with God, bringing things to Him from our lives that shouldn't be there, what the Bible calls sin, owning up to it, agreeing with God about it, that it's not right and it's not pleasing to Him. Asking his forgiveness and thanking him for it at the same time because he's already given it to you through Christ. Trusting him for that forgiveness. And then turning away from that sin in repentance. That's what it means to, to turn, to change, to repent. And if necessary, making a plan to deal with that sin. And I'll use some of the words of Psalm 51. Cleanse me, Lord, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Some of those phrases, the reason I know them is because I use them all the time, you know, always confessing stuff. And so it's good to, to use the scriptures to do that. There are other places, of course, in the Bible that you can go, but it's helpful just to have a guide. It's also helpful to take a couple of minutes as part of this confession time and just be still before God and let him place on your heart and conscience anything that you need to confess. Because a lot of stuff we don't even know. You know, we, we can confess the stuff that we do know that we're doing wrong. I'm sorry that I said this, did that, whatever. But there is a lot of stuff in your life and mine, a lot of sin that we're not even aware of yet. Because we're still growing and we're incredibly good at deluding ourselves and justifying ourselves and rationalizing. And there are subtle habits, patterns of thinking, patterns of speaking, patterns of acting that just creep in and embed themselves in the fabric of our character. And there may not be a particular moment that you're even aware of it. And so just still yourself before God and say, God, I want to just take a couple of minutes and Holy Spirit, I ask that you would bring to my mind, bring to my conscience anything 
that I need to confess before you. Now, that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is going to reveal every single thing to you. I don't think you could handle it if he did. I see this as the Holy Spirit slowly lowering a light bulb into a very dark room. And he'll lower it inch by inch. And as he does, the room slowly becomes lighter. And you slowly see our lives for what they really are. But God doesn't just flick a light switch because he knows you can't handle it. He knows if he suddenly confronted you with every single thing that you need to work on, well, we'd probably have a heart attack. Instead, he just lowers that light bulb just a little bit. But ask, you know, God, is there something that you want to just press onto my consciousness now that I need to bring to you? And, and who knows what it might be, an opinion that you're holding that is just not, not, not right, a way of, of thinking, maybe just a critical spirit towards someone else, an attitude, behavior, habit, God just gives you that impression. And then as he does, write it down in the journal. Confess that sin. Accept that forgiveness. Don't let yourself wallow in self-pity. This isn't about just having a pity party and woe is me. I mean, you can spiral downwards, but just stop that and say, God, thank you for your forgiveness. And now I want to make a plan to deal with that sin. I'm going to move on. Don't let your mind just go down and down and down and down. And down. So confession is really, really helpful. And just taking that time to ask God. Another exercise, and here's something that, that God's really working on me with at the moment, is listening to God. We tend to be a lot better at speaking to God than we are at listening to God. It's true in our worship. It's true in these gatherings here. It's true, I think, in our connecting times, that we can talk to God and we can pray to God and we can say these things to God, but sometimes we're not too good at, what if God's got something he wants to say to you? What if God wants to speak to you, put an impression on your heart? It's a helpful thing. To stop and slow, and this could be part of your confession time or just a general time, and you say, God, please speak to me. Sometimes I use the words of Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3 when he said, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Just use that phrase, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And just be still. The Bible calls this waiting on God or waiting for God, just being there in his presence. Just putting aside distractions and just letting him speak. Maybe there's an impression he wants to place on your heart. Maybe there's a person. Sometimes it's a, people have come to mind that I need to pray for or do something for. Maybe it's a sin to confess. Maybe it's guidance or wisdom for a particular decision. Maybe it's just, sometimes I've found it's a reminder of his grace. It's a reminder, hey, I love you. I'm for you. Maybe a particular verse that'll just speak something to you. Just give him the opportunity to speak. Take a few minutes. Give them that opportunity. And sometimes it'll be nothing at all. It'll be absolutely nothing. You won't feel any different and you'll get nothing. That's fine too. But at least give them the opportunity to speak and just be still and wait upon the Lord. Another helpful practice is Bible intake. I say Bible intake because it's not just study. There are at least three types of uh, absorbing the scriptures. One is meditating. This is where you take a very small uh, verse or phrase from the Bible and uh, just chew it over in your mind. You can think of this as marinating your mind in the Bible, just soaking yourself in the Scriptures and just chewing that verse over like you are sucking a piece of orange and getting all the juice out of it. You know, it could be, could be any verse that's meaningful. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Don't gloss over that. Just chew those words over. Gracious. Think about that. 
compassionate? What words, what thoughts, what images do they evoke? Spend some time just thinking that over, talking to God about that verse. That's meditating on the scriptures. God said to Joshua, meditate on this book day and night. Then you'll be careful to do everything in it. It's not just about applying the Bible and observing it. It's also about internalizing it. And meditation is a wonderful way. It's not bizarre Eastern mysticism. It is just a biblical practice of internalizing the Word of God. A second way of absorbing the Bible is through reading. I encourage you in your, in your connecting times to read one or two chapters of the Bible a day. Just read it. Don't worry about studying it. Don't get trapped on the details. Just read. You can start in Genesis and go through. I'm trying these days to read a chapter of the Old and a chapter of the New Testament each day. And just working my way through. Don't worry if Leviticus seems like it's never going to end. You'll get there eventually. Don't worry. You've got all these questions. What's the sacrifice and what's Babylon here? And who's this guy Peter? Don't worry. If you want to write the question down in the journal, come back and study it later. But you're reading for, for breadth, not depth. You're reading because over time as you do this, you're going to get to know the big story. You're going to get to know the Bible. If you do this year after year after year, just imagine two chapters of the Bible a day. You're going to start to be familiar. You're going to start to hear echoes of verses uh, all over the canon of Scripture. And this is a way of God just nourishing you with the biblical story. So just read it through. Don't worry if there's stuff that, that, that you're not getting. And then there is Bible study. And this is where we take a small portion, maybe a paragraph, maybe a verse, and you go deeper in it. Now, I'm not going to go into particular things of Bible study, but we do have a course at Shaw called Unlocking God's Word. I've got the materials. I'm happy to email it to you if you want, and you can go through a, a systematic approach to actually studying the Bible. And that's where we look at what did it mean in its original context to its original readers, and what does it mean to me today here in the 21st century. Observation, interpretation, application. Pretty simple process. There are some really basic tools that you can learn and, and, and get your head around to get the most out of the Bible. You, you're reading for breadth and you're studying for depth. That's how that works. But use some of that time. And even if you're not doing this all the time, just have that Bible open in front of you while you're having your connecting time. Just be flicking through it and just soaking your mind uh, in some of those verses. And you'll find yourself coming back to particular ones and that's great. But just read through and really have that Bible uh, internalized in your life. And of course, another part of the, the connecting time is your prayer requests to God. I would say probably don't start with that uh, because it can become this very self-focused thing. Uh, sometimes you, you can end with it or, or, or wherever, but this is where you bring requests to God, and God invites us to do that, to bring things that are on our heart, things we're struggling with, uh, requests that we, for things that we may think we need and want to God. He, he gives us an invitation, and as long as we're not doing it with arrogance or, or with a demanding attitude, we are well um, invited to, to come to our Heavenly Father and seek Him for these gifts. And pray for others, too. This is a good way of getting the attention off yourself. Pray for someone else, someone in the church, someone in your life group, someone that you know, maybe one of the big issues around the world. Pray for uh, another person, another country, another situation, a political leader. Just get, take a minute to do that because, again, it moves the attention off you. You just become a little bit more cognizant of what God is doing out there in the bigger world. So take some time as well for that stuff. Now, again, keep, keep it fresh. Mix it up. Keep it interesting. Don't let yourself get into a particular rut with this stuff, but just work it as it goes. The things to lock in are the time and the place to have that habit, but then what you do in that time and place can be much more fluid, can be much more flexible. Sometimes, if I've really screwed up the day before, I'll, spend, I'll go to confession first. You know, like not going to confession, but, you know, confessing to God first. 
and just going to Psalm 51 and just, hey, God, you know, when it's on your mind like that and you're maybe just burdened with a particular sin in your life, there's no point going through all this other stuff first. You might as well come straight to God with that. And, hey, God, you know, I don't want to talk to you about this thing. I've really messed up. And clear that away, and then you can get into some of this other. Some days you'll just be in the mood to worship, and that'll be great. Some days it won't come as easy. Some days you won't feel much at all. But here are a few pitfalls to avoid, all right? Three pitfalls as you, as you think about these times. The first one is prevent it from becoming legalistic. It's going to be very easy, especially in the early days, if you miss one of these connecting times, if, if you, you know, something goes wrong, if you're not getting anything out of it, you're going to feel guilty, and, and, and Satan is going to come in and try to convince you that it's not working and you should just give it up. Don't listen to that voice. It's like Anna and I walking up the hill. When we miss a day, we don't beat each other up about it. We just get on with it. Okay, let's try again tomorrow. That's fine. Don't, don't be a slave to this. This is not about you trying to earn brownie points with God. It's not about you earning your favor with God, trying to please Him, make Him love you more, any of that stuff. None of that. This is our response to His grace. It's all about grace. This is not legalism. This is our response to God's grace. Doesn't mean it's always easy. Still takes discipline. Grace does take discipline. But this is our response. And so don't let yourself be burdened by legalism. It's about that relationship. Secondly, don't see this as a cure-all. This half hour, 20 minute, whatever it is, time, once a day, is not instantly going to transform your relationship with God, nor is it going to guarantee that you keep walking with God through every moment of the day. It's a springboard. It's a springboard for the next 24 hours so that I reconnect with God, I come back to Him, we have some good time together, and then that enables me to go into the next day, into the next 24 hours, with a clear conscience before Him, and a renewed spirit, and a willingness to then keep walking in step with the Spirit. And really, the other part of the puzzle here is that we then commit to keeping in step with the Spirit during our day, moment by moment. There's a church I read about in the States, in Austin, Texas, who went through what they called the 60-60 experiment. And they encouraged everyone in the church to somehow set a watch or remind themselves every hour, on the hour, during their day, for 60 days, and every time that watch alarm would go off, they just stopped what they were doing or just renewed their mind and just came back to God and remembered Him again and connected with Him again, every hour during the daytime. And this was a way of people just remembering and reconnecting with God, because you can go from connecting time one day to connecting time the next day and never talk to God in between. But keeping in step with the Spirit is not just once every 24 hours, it's moment by moment. It's periodically through the day, just allowing ourselves to come back and say, God, I just remind myself now that you're with me and I'm with you and we're good. It doesn't take long. You barely even have to stop what you're actually doing to do that. We're not talking about half-hour breaks every couple of hours. This is just a couple of seconds. This is making prayer part of your day. This is not necessarily stopping and praying. It's just incorporating prayer as a language, just praying about things as they happen so that you are walking with God. He is the source of your ongoing life, hour by hour, moment by moment. That's the goal. That doesn't come easy either. I'm not going to promise you that this... I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm an infant on this journey. I still go through many days. And you get to the next connecting time and you realize, hang on, God, I really haven't said much to you since yesterday's connecting time. And it's bridging that chasm. But these daily times can help. They're a first step and they're a springboard to a moment-by-moment -moment relationship with God. Go out and buy that stopwatch if you have to. Set it on the hour, and then every hour just remind yourself, God's with me, I'm with Him, and we're good. 
So don't let these things become legalism. Don't see them as a cure-all. And thirdly, don't be led by your feelings and emotions. Some days you will feel so close to God, it's unbelievable. Other days you will feel nothing at all. You'll feel disconnected. You'll feel like, where on earth is God? Just remind yourself of what is true. When those feelings kick in and you're feeling distant or depressed or disconnected, come back to the Scriptures and remind your own heart and say, God, I know that you're here, even though I'm not feeling it. Your Word says you're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. Your Word says in James that if I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. I know that you're here. It doesn't matter that I don't feel your presence right now. I know that you are here. Your emotions will get the message eventually. Your feelings will kick in. There might be a bit of a lag, but don't let them lead the train. You be led by what you know. You be led by the truth. Don't be led by the roller coaster of feelings and emotions. Feelings are good. Emotions are good. Our faith is to be an emotional faith. God is an emotional God. He has feelings too, and that is good. But you can't let them be at the head leading. You be led by the truth. And sometimes that means reminding yourself of the truth, even in the face of emotion. Some days, honestly, I'm sitting there from 7 to 7.30 in the morning, and I'm just dead tired, I'm struggling to focus, I'm incredibly distracted, and I come away at the end of that feeling like that was a complete waste of time. Honestly, that's, that's my experience a lot of the time. That can be sometimes what these times are. That's not meant to discourage you. That's just real life. That doesn't mean give up. It doesn't mean quit. It means hang in there, remind yourself of what you know to be true, that God is right there with you, and trust Him that over time, these times are going to become significant. Connection Point is a joint production between Connection Resources and Shore Community Christian Church. If you would like a free copy of today's message, please email us or phone us on 0800 90 30 90. To subscribe to our free podcasts or to listen to the latest message, go to connectionresources.org.nz.